3: It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock, for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, the province announces $2.5 million for pulse crop byproduct research at the University of Saskatchewan. Protein is in big demand, and so the research is looking at making use of the byproduct starch for food use. We hear part of an interview with former Premier Brad Wall. He spoke last week at Canada's Farm Show virtual event. We find out he's gone ranching in the Cypress Hills region and he sees a bright future for Saskatchewan farming. Saskatoon 4-H will have a show next week and Real Agriculture looks at an early seeded wheat crop in Manitoba. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the...
0: This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley.
3: This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank. 306 721 6667 former premier brad wall has gone ranching wall is a business consultant but has set up his home on a ranch in the cypress hills of southwest saskatchewan he says it's a partnership with his son coulter wall he spoke during a feature interview in a virtual format last week at canada's farm show I asked him, you've gone farming.
2: Well, that might be uh, torquing the description of what it is I'm doing, I guess. But I certainly moved into agriculture, even towards the end of my time as premier. Uh, you know, I was in a partnership with uh, with our son on a small, very small cow-calf operation. We didn't have any land, so my nephew basically kept him alive. He was, uh, was sort of a share uh, operation, I guess. And But since uh, we moved here recently to the Cypress Hills, Tammy and I, from Swift Current, and uh, so, Coulter has been working at uh, uh, trying to get some loan approvals and uh, and uh, make the arrangements to, to invest in some pats of grass, some dirt, and he's been able to do that, and as well as a, a few more head of cattle, cattle, and so I try to help out where I can. I'm basically a silent partner. I don't mind telling you, Jim, that uh, I think he's pretty doubtful that a retired politician could ever really be a silent partner, But but we're... I'm doing my best, and I'm enjoying it. The learning curve's steep. the people that we met around the Cypress Hills here, the ranchers, are they are a patient bunch. They've been very patient with uh, with me, knowing it's something I want to learn. I kind of, based on how I feel after uh, maybe going out moving pairs or something like that on, on the horse that I got, I kind of wish I might have started something like this a bit earlier. I'm not sure starting it in your mid-50s is uh, the best way to go about it. But I'm really enjoying it. And, um, it just has deepened my admiration for agriculture in this province and this particular ranching and for the people, for the families that make it happen, uh, and create this wonderful sector, uh, and industry that benefits not just our province, of course, but all of
3: the country. So you've gone ranching. How is Coulter Wall <coughs> doing with his, with his singing and songwriting?
2: Well, it's been a tough year that way for him on the performance side, Jim. Mean, thanks for asking, because with COVID, I mean, I think his last major show was about a year, just a couple, about 14 months ago, I guess, from when we're talking, at least when we're talking right now. And um, so that's a 100% revenue destruction, basically, except for some online things he could do, because he was making a career out of, he doesn't play the kind of country music that's not always on the radio, although the station you work for plays his stuff. So that's great. Thank you. But he, he, he needs to rely on, um, live performances and a lot of, a lot of musicians do a lot of Saskatchewan musicians of all genres have had a very tough time through COVID because they've had, like I say, almost 100% revenue destruction. So, but he's been able, I mean, he had, uh, I think he was careful with savings to, to the extent he had some of those and he's been helping a buddy of his ranch here outside of Austin, Texas. He spent a lot of time down there and hasn't been able to get home for uh, the border reasons. And so from afar, we've been working on this other, Operation for CW Cattle is what it's called, and um, and he's looking forward. He's coming home this later this spring, uh, uh, about the time of the of the show, he'll be around, and, and just in time for all the branding around here, and for him to have, to, to be introduced to these steers that are waiting on him, these Good. yearlings
3: That coming up, Wall provides more details on his positive outlook for farming in Saskatchewan.
0: Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture today with Jim Smalley on six twenty CKRM.
3: This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eaves troughs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesTroughs.ca and Co-op Hail Insurance. They've been there for farmers for over 75 years, and they'll be there for you. Former Premier Brad Wall says the Saskatchewan farming industry has a strong future speaking at a virtual format for Canada's Farm Show last week, while pointed to strong global demand for crops and livestock.
2: Well, I think it's very bright, Jim. I I think we have a lot to look forward to in this country uh, in terms of our agricultural sector. And I say that, uh, you know, based on the evidence of what has happened in terms of prices and demand, uh, uh, worldwide demand for food, uh, what has been exposed in terms of food security internationally, uh, and how, I mean, the pandemic has really highlighted the fact that uh, we were all probably, uh, you know, well, not all of us, I think, but some are paying just sort of lip service to food security, noting that the demand for food globally is going to increase uh, uh, massively to 2050, according to the United Nations. But I think uh, for those who are maybe just paying that lip service, I think it's it, it's been exposed that this is the, this is very much the reality uh, that the world faces. Um, and that there is, a, uh, there is an all of the above demand for food, and especially for the things that Western Canada grows uh, effectively. And What I mean by that is, uh, if it's plant proteins that are going to be in demand, and they are, well, that's Saskatchewan. Uh, lentil, think of all the plant proteins we grow in, in, in numbers that are world-leading. 51% of the world exports of lentils, for example, are from uh, Saskatchewan farmers alone, never mind the ca- Canada, never mind the prairies, 31% of peas. So that protein we've got the world wants it uh, the uh, obviously the meat proteins uh, Saskatchewan alone has a third of Canada's beef herd. never mind what happens across the country and pork and poultry and and, uh, and fish as a country so uh, and I hope we, we need to take that approach by the way, Jim this isn't an either or proposition as the plant protein segment has grown uh, and, and interest has picked up we have to maintain an all of the above stance and promote it. Like, uh, promoted in that way in terms of the entire industry. Uh, and then there are the traditional crops. Uh, we've seen uh, some demand strength there. Obviously, we, we've noted here lately the, the announcements around canola crushing capacity increasing, whether it's Viterra or Cargill or, or Richardson's on a brownfield expansion. Um, a significant increase there uh, in line with the province's plan, the province's growth plan noted that I think we crashed about 45 percent of the canola that we grow in Saskatchewan here. They want to see that at 75 percent. I think we're well on our way with these announcements. And, and one more point on that, if I may, Jim, in the case of canola oil uh, and, and your question as to is the future bright. You know, we're not just talking about demand for for, for food-based canola oil or food-utilized canola oil, but it's going to play prominently uh, in the renewable fuel space. We do have a clean fuel standard uh, on its way and partially arrived, I guess. We have a carbon tax that's here. Uh, the, car, the Supreme Court's made its ruling. The official opposition in Ottawa has decided that they, they're also going to be, you know, in favor of a carbon tax at a lower level. So all of that uh, gives the foundational room and support for, um, for the kind of structures, I guess is the best way to put it, uh, that make renewable fuels uh, more feasible. And when that happens, canola oil will be in demand not only for food as one of the best edible oils, uh, but also this whole, in this whole biofuel space. So um, we should be very optimistic about the sector. We shouldn't be complacent. Uh, about, uh, about the threats that exist to, to modern agriculture uh, and the challenges that we all face, and I don't think anyone in the sector will be. But let's be, uh, let's be optimistic about the future because the facts bear out that kind of optimism.
3: Wall says the coronavirus focused attention on the importance of food security in markets around the globe. His half-hour interview is available on demand at Canada's Farm Show website.
0: Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on the source. 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to
4: you by the Canola School. Get Canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Kelvin Hepner for Real Agriculture, standing in a wheat field here in Southern Manitoba that was planted on April 10th, so several weeks earlier than uh, wheat is typically planted in this part of the world, and that's what we're going to discuss as part of this school episode with Brunel Sabrin of Antera Agronomy. What have we learned when it comes to uh, early seeded wheat versus the, the wheat that's been seeded at the traditional time closer to the end of April or, or early May uh, in, uh, in this growing season?
5: Ah, this growing season has been particularly challenging because of the lack of snow that we had this winter we've started the year off really dry so we were chasing moisture right off the hop some of the earliest seeded wheat in the valley here was uh, right after Easter weekend so I believe around the 5th or 6th but there was more fields uh, similar to this one around April 10th so typically we're seeding seeding earlier means we're avoiding the, the high temperatures when the wheat is in flower later on. Wheat's a crop that likes it in the, the high teens, low 20s. Temperature wise, it's a cool season crop. So generally this earlier seeded stuff tends to do better. But this year has had its challenges. Like I mentioned, one of it is the conditions were very dry. So right off the hop, we put the wheat in. Then we had a, a pretty good snowfall not long after that, that stuck around. We had abnormally cool temperatures right off the hop, which resulted on a lot of uneven emergence across many fields. So we had some really stagey wheat that was already in the 4, 5, 6 leaf stage and some wheat that was just emerging right beside it, so it will make it more of a challenge at harvest time. I thought maybe that wasn't going to be very good because the later seeded wheat would have had a better chance to emerge more evenly. But uh, then we had other problems where we ran into a warm spell where we were hitting, you know, highs of 35, 36, 37 degrees Celsius right when the wheat was in that three to six leaf stage, which is where wheat sets most of its or sets its yield. It sets the number of tillers, how big of a head it's going to make, the number of spikelets. So that really hot temperature for those two weeks really pushed that wheat through those development stages really fast where the wheat was more in a survival mode. Again, lack of moisture. It it didn't handle the heat very well. So we have some fields that uh, were already being assessed at, you know, 15 bushels per acre, just based on the size of the heads and the number of tillers, so on and so forth. So farmers had to make a tough decision of keeping it or ripping it up and reseeding it. Again, hoping for rain to get, uh, say, something like canola out of the ground and off to the races as dry as it is we're still going to need timely rains all summer so it's making things a real challenge. So you mentioned how dry it was
4: coming out of winter early seeded fields like this one uh, did they get off to a better start because they were able to take advantage of that snowfall in the middle of April there?
5: Yeah I think they did the emergence was more even but so you know at the end of the day I think that the earlier seeded stuff has a better chance this year because of the heat, but time will tell once the, the heads start emerging and we can have a better idea of what our yield potential is going to be.
4: Yeah, because we did have some of that heat early on too, too early for uh, for the wheat.
5: Like you said, it, it, it has kind of locked in that smaller head size already. Yeah, exactly. So our maximum yield potential is set. It's now it's what can we realize. We can still get some more favorable weather. You know as the wheat is flowering to help with grain fill to the, the number of kernels and making sure that we have nice big plump kernels but cross that bridge when we get there yeah
4: every year of course Brunel is different and we face different weather challenges but in, in general do you see the shift towards early seeding wheat happening in uh, in this part of the world like we have in Ontario and even in parts of southern Alberta more producers have have tried it do you see that happening here or do you see that being a way for growers to reduce their risk and improve their prospects with their wheat crop here in in manitoba i
5: I firmly believe so yeah for sure because our we know we tend to get a lot of moisture early on in the season but then turn dry later on and then just the heat that we have and the winds can really take its toll on a crop so the earlier we can seed it the more we're into that window of cooler weather not only when it's in that three to five six leafs setting yields but also later on when it's flowering and filling okay so it's still the idea
4: even despite the challenges we've seen with both the early and late normal seeded wheat this year it, the idea or the theory still stands when it comes to the advantage of, of early seeding
5: wheat oh definitely yeah I thought this would be a great year for us to test that theory being able you know we could have been seeding uh, late March if we wanted to This has
4: been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at
0: realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM
3: farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, clearing sky. Wind southwest 30. The high today, 30 degrees. The low, 14. Wednesday, partly cloudy. Risk of a thunderstorm in the afternoon. Wind northwest 20, increasing to 40, gusting to 60. The high Wednesday, 27. The low, 12. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high 24, the low 13. Friday, partly cloudy, the high 27, the low 16. Saturday, sunny, the high 29, the low 16. Sunday, sunny, the high 30, the low 16. Monday, sunny, the high 32. Normal high is 24. The normal low is 10 degrees. The sun rose at 447 this morning. It sets at 914 tonight and around the province the hot spot this hour maple creek at twenty nine degrees in the southwest corner up north hudson bay cold spot fifteen estevan is twenty five saskatoon and swift current twenty eight Weyburn twenty six yorkton is twenty five sunny in regina it's twenty six degrees that's seventy nine fahrenheit Winds are from the west-southwest, 13, gusting to 27. Humidity is 32%, the barometer falling 100.4. Sunny in Moose Jaw, 28. Winds are from the southwest at 28. Once again, Regina, sunny and 26, that's 79 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment.
2: This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada.
0: You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley.
3: This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com, And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. The federal and provincial governments are pumping $2.5 million into pulse crop research at the University of Saskatchewan. Agriculture Minister David Merritt says the goal is to find new opportunities to use the starch byproduct in pulse crop processing.
6: Well, this project really is going to be looking at uh, ways that we can, you know, use or process the starch, the remaining starch uh, content in pulse crops that is used. Obviously, everybody knows, Jim, that over the past few years, protein content of food seems to be the new buzz. And, of course, when you extract the protein, there's obviously byproducts, and one of them is starch. And what we're looking at here is opportunities that we can create with that starch, whether it's in food processing or maybe even commercial side or whatever the process might be. It's just how we can utilize that starch and further value add the pulse industry here in the province of Saskatchewan, Jim. And the reason we want to do that is, I think a lot of people don't realize just how big we are in the world market share on the Pulse side. We are 60% of the world's lentil exports come from the province of Saskatchewan and well over 40% of the uh, world export market in peas. So we are a big player in that, in that export market. What we'd like to find is opportunities where we can value add and create opportunities right here in Saskatchewan for that
3: Pulse industry to grow and create jobs. Are there possibilities to put the starch in food products?
6: Well, there, sure. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure there is, and I think that's what this project will all do. It's going to further to you know evaluate how, what we can do with the starches, how we can use it in foods, whether it's in for human consumption, animal consumption, commercial use. There could be all kinds of opportunities to use it, and that's why we really felt it was important to make this investment with Dr. I at the University of Saskatchewan.
3: And I see this research project, it has some food company partners involved.
6: Yeah, it does. And that's, and that's what makes it even better. When you can get partners contributing, you know, and it's not, it's not small contributions. They're, you know, significant contributions in the hundreds of thousands. So it's good to see that they also value this research and want to see it uh, move forward. And that's really what we try and do is, is work with the industry as well and along with the university and find opportunities where we can grow uh, our value-added processing here in the province of Saskatchewan. This just really starts to fall in line with our target of value adding and producing over, uh, value adding our 50 over 50% of our pulse crops here in the province of Saskatchewan. So this just adds to that, Jim.
3: That's the big part of the growth plan for what, 2030?
6: Yeah, that's our growth plan for 2030, is to, to reach that 50% capacity of processing the pulse crops that we grow here in the province of Saskatchewan. And, and uh, we're well on the way. And, I, and obviously, research is a big part of that. And uh, we feel it's important as a government to be there to help in that research and also to try and attract the private investment as well. And that's what we've done here.
3: David, well, I've got you on the line. How are crops looking right now?
6: Well, I think for the most part, Jim, they're looking pretty good. I know there's been, you know, showers and, and rain in, in parts of the province, and I know other parts of the province are looking for rain and, and are in, in need of it. Uh, obviously, we didn't have a big reserve moisture this spring, so there was some timely rains a week ago that really accumulated in, for the most part, in, in a lot of parts of the province, but in other parts, we still need, uh, we obviously need rain. The concern is obviously still with the, the pastures and the and the hay crop as well, and and uh, when you see hot, windy days, it obviously takes its toll on on hay and uh, and pasture land. So, you know, we'll, we obviously need some more rain. And hopefully we see some in the forecast here in the next few days. And that's for most of the province we'll get. it. But in my travel so far, just in the last few weeks, uh, the crops look pretty good.
3: David Merritt is the Minister of Agriculture for Saskatchewan.
0: You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM.
3: This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And SMHI landowners, SMHI provides continuous coverage at cost. Contact your RM office today. Municipal hail, farmers, insuring farmers, Saskatoon 4-H members will be able to exhibit their animals in the show ring at the Prairie Land Junior Showcase next week. Assistant Agriculture Manager Leanne Hurlbert is the Assistant Agriculture Manager at Saskatoon Prairie Land Park. She says the event will meet current COVID nineteen guidelines.
7: We're allowing them to have a parent and the exhibitors and club leaders. At this time there is no spectators other than for the steer sale where we'll have our buyers there. We will have live stream so that grandma and grandpa and brothers and sisters can watch from home. We decided that um, it was easiest just to have the animals come in for the day and go home. Um, With our stabling, we have to social distance, so it was too difficult to have all of the animals there at the same time and all the species there at the same time, which we love to do, but this year we can't. We're having the sheep showcase. Um, We'll be there for one day on Friday, July 2nd. The beef females will be there July 3rd and the steer show and sale will be on Monday, July 5th.
3: The Light Horse events will be held June 28th and 29th. That's followed by the sheep and cattle events. A total of 43 steers are slated to compete in the show. Numbers are down because a couple of clubs decided to hold their own events, and fewer kids had Project Animals this year. Even though there won't be as much social interaction between participants as usual, Herbert says it will still be a good time.
7: This is the, the end of their year and kind of the highlight of their year is to bring their cattle to the re- and sheep and horse to the regional show. So we wanted to make sure we had something there for them and it won't be the same but at least they'll be able to come.
3: Saskatoon Prairie Land Park Assistant Agriculture Manager Leanne Herbert talking about the Prairie Land Junior Ag Showcase next week and in early July.
0: The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on the Source 620 CKRM.
3: Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. And brought to you by Sask Pork. Saskatchewan's growing and vibrant hog industry creates economic spin offs and career opportunities in our rural communities. Find out more, visit saskpork.com. Grain prices were showing upward movement in early trading today. Canola rose 320 at 6.75.97. dollars Number one red spring wheat gained $9.88 at 3.29.06. dollars The rest were unchanged. Durham, 3.17.83. dollars Feed barley, 2.54.65. dollars Flax, 6.77.94. dollars Lentils, 7.37.50. dollars Oats, 2.06.53. dollars Yellow peas, 32857. Feed wheat, two thirty-eight eighty-four. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, spring wheat rose 24.5 cents at $7.89 a bushel.
0: It's the Livestock Reports on the Source 620 CKRM.
3: The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest livestock quotes.
1: This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of June 22nd. Our last regular sale was on June 9th. The market on butcher cattle has been holding steady. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.92 cents to $1. 6 d D3 cows sold from $0.82 cents to $0.92. Canner cows sold from $0.62 cents to $0.72. Cents and good butcher bulls sold from $1.15 to $1.30. We didn't have enough steers and any weight break to establish an accurate price quotation, but we did have a few heifers. 700 to 800-pound heifers averaged $1.55 and sold up to $1.64. 800 to 900-pound heifers averaged $1.43 and sold up to $1.53. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle, And the prices,
3: too. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices.
8: Ham sold 7,400 hogs Monday, selling in a range of 254 to 267 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,500 head, selling in a range of 256 to 273 per CKG. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed, and four contract prices opened higher this morning. On Monday, the Canadian dollar is up 28 basis points, with a daily exchange rate at 1.2377. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at $0.80.77 U.S. Daily U.S. cash prices are mixed, with the negotiated Western Corn Belt region showing some softness and coming in at $1.83 U.S. 100 weight lower relative to the previous day. National and national cutout adjusted base prices are up $1.50 and $1.56 respectively. While the net value of the pork cutout saw a modest 11 cent gain yesterday, the weekly trend so far is for cutout values to come in lower than the previous week. Lean hog features are finding some footing after seeing eight down days over the past nine sessions and pressure that developed on June 9th. The recent moves have seen lean hog features dip below the lows seen during the May correction and will be watched closely. The sell-off appears to be over for now, however, and it is important to remember that the fundamental picture has not substantially changed. News making the rounds yesterday revealed the Smithfield plant in Tar Heel, North Carolina has been delisted for export by Mexico on a hide issue that saw an undisclosed third-party export hides to Mexico that originated at the plant. The sheer size of the processing plant, the largest in the USA, processing about 34,500 hogs a day, will likely influence some price volatility and be watched closely at the, as the issue is resolved. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the
0: Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley.
3: Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team, fueling farms feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. Saskatoon-based Nutrien is expecting record potash sales this year. Nutrien has outlined stronger-than-expected earnings in the first half of this year because of strong global fertilizer markets. First half of 2021 net earnings are estimated at $2.30 to $2.50 per share, up $0.30 per share from a previous estimate. Nutrien says in response to continued tightening in global potash markets, the company is flexing its low-cost network of six mines to draw upon available capacity and plan to produce a further half-million tons of potash. That's in addition to a half-million-ton increase announced June 7th. Most of the increase will occur in the fourth quarter with sales in early 2022. The updated guidance for potash sales volume this year is 13.3 to 13.8 million tons, which would exceed the record of 13 million tons set in 2018. Nutrien is the world's largest provider of crop inputs and services. The Mo government has announced municipal projects approved under the Targeted Sector Support Initiative will see $725,000 distributed for capacity building and intermunicipal cooperation. Government Relations Minister Don McMorris says the specialized funding will promote regional collaboration and stronger communities. The initiative provides grants up to 75% of eligible costs to municipalities partnering to develop emergency measures plans and regional planning and cooperation memorandums of understanding. On the markets, the TSX is up 19 points at 20,175. The Dow has risen 16 points at 33893 Oil is down 52 cents at 72.60 a barrel. The Canadian dollar has gained 7 one-hundredths of a cent at 80.95 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today...